0: Hello, podcast family, pod family, podily. I'm going to make something clutter up. Anyway, hi, you guys. I have a total like... I I want to say gem of a human being, but that's not the right word. It's more like her energy is very like Zen. If you imagine like putting your feet on the earth and like grounding into the earth, like this is Alexa's energy. It's the same thing. So if you like put your feet on Alexa, it would probably feel very grounding, but like don't do that without her permission because consent matters. (laughs) My friend Alexa is a mindset coach for burned out and overwhelmed corporate workers. Which, listen, if you work in corporate, it, it's you. <laughs> like, if you don't think it's you, it's you. It's you, one hundred percent. And she is just like killing the game, guys. So we are gonna jam on all things overcoming overwhelm and burnout and anxiety and just misalignment, which is y'all know one of my favorite topics to talk about. I could talk about it all day long, which I literally do on the podcast, and it's great AF. So. Alexa Martin. Hello, boo.
1: (laughs) Hello. I love that introduction. I'm just imagining like all these corporate workers like putting their feet on me right now, just really (laughs) grounding themselves. (laughs) I feel like I need this like workshop around.
0: That's an, that's a premium service.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's my high ticket offer.
0: High ticket, a thousand dollars per session (laughs) to put your feet on me. Yeah. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Oh, I am so happy to be here and thank you oh, for that so introduction. So dude, lovely.
0: Thank you for being here. I'm so stoked for people to like learn about you and what you do. So, you know, some of our people are kind of crunchy granola. Some are just starting to be crunchy. Yeah. Um, what the heck is a mindset coach? What no, you do? That
1: is a great question. So like you said, I help people who are overwhelmed and anxious, like really overcome that and learn to just create a life that they love every day. Like not just on Saturdays and Sundays, but like actually Monday mornings, the alarm goes off and we're excited about it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and I mean, we do all different things. Like it really starts with first developing awareness because so many of us are just on this like autopilot and we got to snap out of that and Uh be aware and conscious to like what we're even doing. And then, you know, we get to kind of look at like limiting beliefs and patterns that have been holding us back. And then we get to kind of like rebuild our, rebuild our space, spaceships per se, in terms of like who we actually want to be moving, moving forward. My voice just cracked.
0: <laughs> You're just so excited. I know I am. <laughs> so I came across a term that I had never heard before. Um, the Sunday scaries. Mm. What is that? Like, I know what it is, but I don't know if I'd never heard it. I was like, maybe our listeners have never heard it. What is the Sunday scaries? I mean, the Sunday
1: scaries is really just like being scared for Monday morning. It's like, oh God, reality's hitting. I'm terrified of my life. It's coming like with a truck. That's about to hit me. That makes me so sad. So sad so sad there are like things that people say that make me so sad sometimes I was talking to someone yesterday and she was telling me about how it worked like everyone's just always complaining and she's like does anyone actually like what they do and I was like oh man like that is so yeah. sad yeah. it doesn't have to be that way yeah it
0: really doesn't yeah I had a client once tell me um they said, everyone hates their job. That's just life. Everyone hates their job. And I said, mm, I don't, I love my job. I don't hate my job. And they were like, well, thank. <laughs> and they're just like, oh. Right, but it's easy. I think it's so easy for people too. And this may be something you come across. It's so easy for people to say, well, you're the outlier. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone else hates their job. You're just lucky. And it's like, yes, I am. And also I purposely built my life so that I don't, I worked lots of jobs that I hated for years, for a long time, um, to be able to then have a job that I love to work in a setting that I love to have the hours that I love, but like, it's totally possible to not only not hate your job, but actually like your job. And I yeah. like it makes me so sad when people are like, well that that's for other people, that's not for me. And I'm just like, you are bypassing bullshit right now. Like you're lying and yeah. just saying that so that you don't have to do any work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like we've like normalized things that really don't like shouldn't be, you know, the the standard and we call it like adulting. It's like suffering equals adulting. Oh my god. And there's just like this pervasive victim culture that we think that we can't do anything about our circumstances. And we just blame everything on everything, but ourselves. But like the reality is we have so much power within ourselves to actually just create lives that we love and to be happy, right? Like happiness is a choice. mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Can I get an amen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. Can I get a amen? It's like, we were in like a mega church right now. Everyone would be like, amen. Yeah. Everyone would be like, amen. Amen. Yes. Preach girl. Yes. Now I always want to be very careful of like, you can do anything you want and manifest your dreams because yes, within a limit, within like you're limitless. You're not right. Because systemic barriers exist because privilege exists. Like For some people, it quite literally is easier than others. If you have a higher education, if you have access to money, if you have someone who can support you while you figure out what you want to do for work, like obviously it's easier for some people and much harder for others. But even within that, there is a choice that people can make. And I have met lots of people, and here's the other side of the coin I I know lots of people who didn't really love their jobs but they just took it as a job. They went to work, they did their job, they were happy with what the job gave them, even if they didn't love the job and they built a life they loved outside of their job. And I think, now that I come to think of it, everyone I know who does that is an immigrant. And it's not like an American thing. I think it's a very American thing to be like, you are your job. And like, if you're like us and you're lucky, like, yeah, I think I pretty much am my job. I love my job. But like, if you don't love your job and you take that as your identity, then you hate everything and everything is bad. But I think, like, I really know people who are like, well, you know, I don't really love my job, but it's steady, I like the hours, it's a paycheck. I'm happy with that. And I build a life I love outside of it. And that's totally okay too. Like not everybody's gonna love their job, but can you be happy with it? I think is a very, very different choice. And is that something that you run into? Absolutely. And right, like
1: exactly what you're saying, your job doesn't have to be your life. It can just be a job that, you just know, don't is let it be. income, <laughs> like, right. right. And the thing is, I think it really comes down to how much energy you're giving to it and like how you're setting internal boundaries towards how you're letting your job affect you. Because, <laughs> because we can't control the people around us. And oftentimes we can't control our work. And just because everyone around you is complaining or, you know, you don't love the work you're doing, like you can kind of set this like invisible wall. That's like, you know, I hear you, but it's not internalizing to me. Like, I'm not going to let anything take my peace. Like I am the protector of my peace. I'm the protector of my happiness. I get my paycheck. I go home and I live my happy life.
0: Can I get another fucking amen? <laughs> like, amen. Yes, God. I could just like, I don't want to scream because the podcast people will be like, Amanda. Um, but like, imagine me internally screaming. Yes. And something, and that's just boundaries, right? Even if someone gives something to you, it doesn't mean you have to take it. So if someone is giving you negativity and complaining and fucking life, like, bitch, you're just miserable. And also go away. Like, get away from me. So I actually have a rule in my life that, like, I don't complain. Do I vent sometimes? Yes. They're slightly different. I don't complain. And I don't have friends who complain. Like, literally. If you look at my friend group, none of them are complainers because that's helplessness. You're not helpless. Change something or accept it or... Bide your time until you can change it. And I think I run into that a lot. So I work with a lot of people who are like, well, I can't leave yet. I can't do X, Y, Z yet. I can't do X. I can't do X yet. So I'm just stuck. And I'm like, uh, no, (laughs) like you're not stuck. You can bide your time. You can plan for it. You can redo your resume, right? If we're talking specifically about jobs. You can redo your resume. You can put feelers out there. You can save money, even if it's a hundred bucks a week, even if it's 20 bucks a week, you can save something. You can pick up a part-time job like so that you have extra cash coming in. And I think people forget about that option that like, yeah, even though you're quote unquote in the same place, if you're working to get out of it you're still working to get out of it. Like you're biding time until you can, blah, 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 until you can transition. Um, but if you just complain, that's not problem solving. Like I, oh, David's going to hate this, but I had a conversation with David the other day, the boyfriend, beg we love him. Um, but he just came and he was like complaining about stuff in the house. And I was like, bro, what do you want me to do? And he was like, well, I just, I want you to take care of it. And I was like, uh, no, no. <laughs> Offer me solutions. He like specifically dislikes the animals on the furniture, right? And he's like, "Well, well, I don't want them on the furniture anymore." And I'm like, "That's that's never gonna happen." Um, but I was like, "Offer me a different solution." And he got stuck. And I was like, "Oh, oh, self, okay." Like he doesn't know how to offer solutions. Okay, totally legit. Most people really don't. And is that something that you teach? Like you teach people to think in problem solving, to think in like, "Yeah, this is bad." But if all you know is to complain about it, let's get you in the space where you can solutionize. Shakespeare would be proud. We're making up words. Solutionize it where you just throw shit at me and let's see what works. So something that I teach people is to
1: kind of go through this cycle of Thought, action, reflection. Thought, action, reflection. Legit. So many people are stuck in thought, which mm. is like complaining. They're just complaining, complaining, complaining. It's like cool. Like let's let's do something about do something. it. Let's take <laughs> some action. Right. <laughs> like, do something. You know, take action. Yeah. And you know, then sometimes people get stuck in like endless doing, and they're doing and they're doing and they're spinning their wheels, and it's like okay, cool. We need to step back and reflect on like what's working and what's not working, and If we're too busy stepping back and reflecting, like we need to start thinking forward. And then you move through this nice little cycle. But if you're feeling stuck and you're constantly complaining about something, like think about where you may be stuck in that cycle and what step you need to move towards in order to actually make change and move forward.
0: Okay, that just literally blew my mind. (laughs) I don't know why, but I was just like, duh. (laughs) <laughs> like, I've never thought about it. I don't, again, I, I teach this for a living and I don't know why, like, I'm not good at systemizing things. Duh. <laughs> like, sorry, everyone. I just got my mind blown. I was like, what? You're but like, you're so right. Yeah. So I call it running an experiment. Um, but it's the exact same process. I'm like, I don't know if it'll work. Try it. If it sucks, don't do it anymore. If it works, keep doing it till it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. but you're so right. So I think so many people get, it's like per, analysis paralysis, right? What will work? It has to be perfect. I don't know, blah, blah, move your body, move your body, do something. Do something. How and do you get people to that space? Well, I think I really
1: help people become less afraid of like bad. And I put in quotes, bad things. It's like we're so scared to take action because we're so scared of failure or we're scared of rejection or we're scared of having to face something that feels a little uncomfortable. But when we can begin to open ourselves up to discomfort and recognize that like everything is either in alignment with ourselves or it's an opportunity to learn about what is and is not in alignment with ourselves and you know, Mm -hmm. that's correct. And so you can just like not be afraid of anything it becomes a lot easier to take action because it's like, I don't need to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. I'm just always learning. And if this doesn't work, then it's like, cool. Now we try the next thing.
0: Yeah. That's so, so, so empowering. And I'm going to challenge that narrative a little because I don't believe that people aren't afraid. I think they just don't let the fear stop them. And I say all the time, like bravery is a choice. Bravery is being scared and doing it anyway. Like There's like a John Wayne quote about that. It's like being scared and saddling up anyway or something. But you can, it's so much feedback. Like when I think of alignment, um, how do, like, how do you teach someone to know if something is in alignment or not? Because something that I find, and I wonder if you see this too, when people are out of alignment for so long, sorry, my cat is at my feet and he just decided to claw them. What are you doing? Jesus cat. Sorry. When people are out of alignment for a long time, they because they've ignored their cues from their body for so long, like they really don't know how to tell if something is very, very wrong for them or very right for them. So how do you teach that?
1: Well, the first thing that I do is have them write down like why they would be doing something. And when you look at those whys, they're going to be either things like I should be, Um, if I don't do this, I may never have this opportunity again. I'm, you know, either like fear, should, guilt, scared based, or they're like, I really want to do this. Like, this is an exciting thing I want to do. And those are the things that are in alignment, but might be a little bit scary. So first looking at just like the why behind the decision. And then I also love people to ask themselves the question, like, what would be a force when I'm making a decision between two things? Like, what would feel like a force? Like I work with people who have eating disorders, for example. And when they go down to like sit and like have a meal, they want to know, like I ask the I have them ask themselves, like, what would be a force? Am I forcing myself to eat like, or not eat something right now? Because, you know, I'm scared or whatever it may be. Like what feels expansive and like, what's a force? What makes me feel small? What am I like making myself do?
0: Can you repeat that? Because that is really powerful. You want to think about like
1: what's expansive versus what am I forcing myself to do and what makes me feel small?
0: Mind mm-hmm. blowing! Oh, it's so good. And that's such a visceral thing because I can literally see someone shrinking and shoulds, I'll tell people right now, shoulds, always small, always a shrink, always protective, always fear-based things that for me, when I think of it, it's like, if I want to vomit from like, Oh, I'd rather die. That's not for me. (laughs) I will never in my life work in a cubicle. Why? I would rather eat the cubicle. (laughs) I'd rather eat it. Literally. That is not for me. Um, but a should, right. Because, so this is kind of an interesting thing. I'm sure when you were in corporate, you had this all the time. Like it's done a certain way and you work 80 hours a week. You go out for doing It's like all this bullshit. And I kind of want to talk about some of the shoulds in that culture. But for me as a therapist, it's like, you should work in an office. You should, um, just do all this crap, right? You should dress professionally. And I'll tell you like 90% of the time I see clients in leggings and a t-shirt under a tree in my yard, <laughs> like 99% of the time we're under a tree in a field with horses in my yard and people love it. People love it. It's so authentic. And they're just like, God, I'm so glad you're not in an office. And I'm like, where did we even get these shoulds? People don't even like it. No, people
1: love authenticity. Nobody, everyone's done with this, like inauthentic, like should culture, should like, we're done with it.
0: Yeah, it's we're, gross. Moving
1: we're
0: moving on. Moving
1: <laughs> on. Yeah, thanks. <like>, thank <laughs> you, Meg.
0: <laughs> so, talk to me about some of the shoulds that you see in like corporate culture.
1: There is so much people pleasing and should in corporate culture, like which is gross, which is life
0: killing. Let's just yeah. be honest about that. If you are a people pleaser, please, for the love of God, go back and listen to my people pleasing episode because it's going to save your fucking life like you give up your life when you're a people pleaser because it doesn't belong to you it belongs to everybody else's whims like they don't even give a shit they just want something from you and it's like you give up your whole life for that that breaks my heart almost more than anything yeah is people pleasing. And, it, and it doesn't
1: even make the people who you're like people pleasing for it doesn't even make them actually feel good no so it's just kind of this perpetuating cycle of everyone doing things they don't actually want to be doing and nobody feeling good about it
0: right And then you're pissed (laughs) off and resentful and you hate everyone in your life. And it's like, I'm exhausted. Well, okay, (laughs) no shit. (laughs) Stop doing those things. So a lot of people pleasing.
1: A lot of people pleasing. Things just like answering pings like right away. We got to answer our messages right away. We got to be on our email right when we wake up in the morning. We got to just, it's like constantly being on call. Like I need to just be at the beckon of the people that I'm working for a lot of shoulds with that shoulds with I mean I think we're overcoming which I'm so happy about appearance in terms of dress and like I you know
0: I have pink hair and right or if you're African American and they literally ban natural hair on women yeah like you know we could get into a whole conversation about how how locks are seen as unprofessional how natural hair is seen as unprofessional like who gives a shit? Also it's their natural hair, which is gross and racism. Yeah. But yeah, who cares? Who cares if you dye your hair? Who cares? I literally, when I got this, t- I have a big tattoo on my arm. People can't see if they're not watching the video, but like I have a big tattoo on my arm. And when I got it, it was, um, 2014 or th- or 13 before I moved here. And my mom said, that's so unprofessional. And I was like, well, the ink didn't change my noggin. <laughs> Like I can still do my job.
1: <laughs> That's crazy.
0: Yeah,
1: what we look like on the outside has absolutely nothing to do with who we are. Okay.
0: I mean, so. listen, if you come in with like swastika tattoos, though. Yes. No. <laughs> Fuck no. I'm yeah, not, I'm not about lot. that life. <laughs> like, there is a line and it's swastika tattoos. <laughs> but outside of those, yeah. Like, so that's, you're seeing that change a little bit. And yeah. I think with people working from home, like with COVID kind of mandating that shift, you know, people can be like, honestly, who cares if you're in your pajamas working? I agree. It doesn't affect my ability to do my job if I don't want to wear pants. <laughs> like it doesn't. Most of the time I don't work with pants on, because I don't even like pants. Lady Gaga had it right. No pants. No. Yeah. So like corporate, so dress culture. So being on, on, on 24-7.
1: On, on, on 24-7. Not showing, oh, these, now they're coming to me. Okay, not, showing, not showing your emotions, like not being vulnerable. It's mm-hmm. just this, like, we put up a front for work and mm-hmm. not being honest with each other. I don't know, like when we decided that honesty was unkind and that we should just be like this, like super, fake loving to each other's faces and then you know behind our backs be like talking about people there's such a gossip culture in um corporate it's because people
0: are cowards
1: (laughs) yeah so not being honest with each other like I shouldn't tell my boss like what I'm actually thinking I shouldn't set boundaries for myself (laughs) like all these things just because we are scared and we want everyone to like us
0: people pleasing people-pleasing yeah and how many so like I've never worked corporate but when I interviewed Tori um a few weeks ago she was saying like the hours people work are like by the way Tori Penta she was lovely go back and listen to that episode too um but the hours people work are like dumb like insane people work crazy hours why crazy hours so gross to me and so how does this affect them? When people are coming to you, like, what are they what are they exhibiting? So if someone's like, oh, <laughs> I work corporate, this may be me. Or hey, I work a demanding job, this may be me. What are some of the, um, like, signs that you're seeing when people come to you? Very stressed
1: out, anxious. I had a woman who literally was like, I am paralyzed in my car because I just, like, I... Am in my car, paralyzed, crying every day because I hate my life that much. I know it's so sad. It's so so sad. Also, doing things like slamming doors, like snapping at friends and family because you're just at such an emotional capacity. Binge drinking on the weekends, living for the happy hour drink, just counting down the minutes for the workday to be over. Yeah, all of these are very common things that I see.
0: So when they go through working with you, what are some of the things you see shift?
1: Mm. The biggest shifts are learning to like take time for yourself, like learning to love yourself, learning to get in touch with your authentic self, learning how to say no to people and stick up for yourself and set boundaries and have difficult conversations and just like live your life instead of being on this treadmill that everyone else is on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of people come and they say, I don't know who I am. I'm like, well, you don't do anything that's actually authentic to you. So that makes perfect sense. Um, I'll tell you a sneaky one. And I don't know if you see this too. By the time people get to the end of working with me, um, and our layers are a little bit different, right? So, but by the time people get to the end of working with me, they laugh. They never laugh when they first come to see me, but I had a client, um, I would say one of my favorites, but I'm probably not allowed to say that, but I enjoyed them. They hadn't laughed, genuinely laughed in over a decade. Wow. 10 fucking years. Now this is not, you know, corporate, this was, this was deep trauma, but 10 years, they faked and they, you know, they could fake it. They could pretend and people thought they were okay and normal and laughing, but 10, can you imagine not laughing for 10 years, 10 years there that I, when, when they said that to me, I was just like, like my heart came out of my body and fell on the floor. And I was just like, Oh that's not okay. No, like it's not okay. You shouldn't hate five days. Well, so transitioning back to corporate, like you shouldn't hate five days out of seven for 40 years. Oh my God. Take a pay cut, get another job. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Do you have people transition jobs? Is that something that you see?
1: Yeah, I don't do it like immediately when I work with people, because there can be a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of layers to it and it might not be the job. Like it might be some internal things they're working through. So that's not the first solution. And
0: no, no, I'm yeah. So I don't, and I don't assume that you offer it as a solution, but I'm wondering if people make that decision as they go. They do. Okay. Because they become more confident in
1: themselves. They become more confident in what they actually want. And they kind of just like learn to stand in their worthiness. And when you stand in your worthiness, you just begin to attract different things into your life. And just, you start saying no to what doesn't serve you and just believe you're worthy and deserving of what does serve you. And so naturally, if you're in a job that's just clearly making you feel small, like you're not going to force yourself to stay there anymore. Cause you're like, I, I'm worth more than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. I want people to rewind what you just said, because it's such a subtle shift. It's such a subtle shift. And I think a lot of people get in the mindset. And again, I think this is a very cultural thing where they say, well, I'm not a quitter. I don't want to quit. I can tough it out. I can take it. And I'm just like, just because you can take it doesn't mean that you have to. Also, what is not quitting getting you? You're crying in your car every single day. Like, is it worth it to not be a quitter? No, no. Like, it's not be a quitter. Be a quitter, please. Please be a quitter. Quit things that don't serve you. But you're so right. That is a worthiness thing. If people don't believe they can handle it, if people don't believe they can survive it, if they don't believe they're worth more, they really do accept really bad treatment. Like it's not good. Yeah. I mean, I think it really
1: comes down to worthiness and like mm. believing that we are worth something more.
0: And I love, um, you mentioned this earlier, but it's the thought action reflection, right? It's not, a, it's, um, it's not a coincidence that like people get there feeling worthy. At the end of your time together because it takes it is a direct product of action no one feels worthy until they do things like setting boundaries like self-care like all the other things that you teach until they do those things because worthiness confidence um self-love whatever all of those things are a product of taking action And what happens, facts, right? What happens when you don't treat yourself well, when you don't set boundaries, what you do is you subconsciously, and well, I guess consciously, because you choose not to take an action, you tell yourself that you don't matter. You're not worth taking care of. You're not worth standing up for. You're not worth chasing a better life. But when you start shifting that, when you say, you know what, actually, I don't have to deal with this. You know, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I'm so sorry you protect you. And when you protect you, you get stronger. And it's like, if people hear nothing, I hope they get that. Like you feeling worthy, you feeling confident, you feeling like you deserve better is directly linked to actions that you take, which is why hiring a coach can be so valuable. So how did you even like get here?
1: So in my own healing journey, I was introduced to mindset. So I had a lot of anxiety. I had an eating disorder growing up and I got introduced to mindset through a group coaching program and it completely just it was like all the light bulbs went off and just everything clicked in life. Like I like read this one mindset book and it was just like I was like, whoa. What was it? (laughs) Chasing excellence. I I need to be sponsored by (laughs) this this book um (laughs) Amazon associates (laughs) (laughs) do it so I like I read this book and it was just like for the first time in my life like it was just like I was like oh shit like oh wow there's a Mm -hmm. different way of life out there and then I just started to make different choices started working out I started eating differently I hired coaches and just everything changed and I've always loved teaching I used to teach math a lot and (laughs) I kind of just paired, you know, my love for teaching and coaching with my love for mindset and just made this beautiful, this beautiful little mindset coaching thing.
0: I love it for you. (laughs) I love it. It's been a fun journey. It's really like, I was, who did I say this to the other day? I was like, the thing I enjoy most in my life Is watching people chase their dreams. Like, I could literally watch that on a TV all day, all day, where I'm just like, chase your fucking dreams. (laughs) Like, I could just, it's my favorite thing. I literally
1: audibly scream oftentimes when I open my slack where the women in the program are are writing things when I like look at their goals or the wins they've had for the week I audibly scream I'm like yes it makes me so happy I'm like let's get it
0: I throw pens at my clients (laughs) because I always have my notebook and I'm just like fuck you you're so fucking great and they're just like what and I'm like you've earned it you've earned to be throwing things at you you're welcome (laughs) it's the best though like it's just the best. So how do people find you? If they're like, Alexa is so dope. I want to put my feet on her metaphorically. <laughs> like I want to symbolically put my feet on her and ground myself in her energy. How do people find you?
1: On Instagram at Alexa Kmart. Every Sunday we go, we do like a foot live thing. Join us. I'm kidding. We don't go live on Sundays and <laughs> nothing to do with that, you but that. at <laughs> I'll think about it at Alexa Kmart on Instagram, Um, and my website is alexakmartin.com, and those are the best ways to
0: find me. And what programs do you offer?
1: So I work one-on-one, and I run a group coaching program for women called Limitless, which is super fun, super awesome. And then I also do corporate workshops, which is also very fun. Yeah. Ooh. It's cool to bring these conversations to teams of people in corporate because then they just like have this base level knowledge together and it just totally changes how they work with each other, what they feel comfortable saying to each other, how they can show up differently at work. It's cool.
0: Okay. Your website is gorgeous. I'm on it right now, by the way. Oh, thank you. Also, can we party about corporate workshops? Cause that's my dream currently. Oh my We're God. Hype down. calls, girl, your website is so y'all, her website is so good. The colors, it's like a muted kind of like, um, like desert color and mm. oh, it's like stupid it's grounding. <laughs> it's it's so grounding. Like she has changed your life, get inspired, have fun hype calls. Like girl. Yes. Y'all go to her website, alexakmartin.com. Oh my God. Cocktails and conversation.
1: Yes, I'm hosting an event in New York, cocktails and conversation to have meaningful conversation, like no more small talk, no more. Do you guys ever go out with friends and like you spend $75 or $50 or $20, whatever it may be on dinner. Your friends are
0: expensive, girl.
1: Yes. (laughs) New York is expensive. And then you come home and you're like, I wish I had just stayed home. That sucked. So we're putting an end to that. (laughs) We're having a really good night with meaningful conversation.
0: You're a bad bitch. Thank you. you want I to. like, I want to be you when I grow up. This is so cool. How oh, hope <laughs> you're doing it with Danielle. Yeah. I was just going to say, I hope you're doing it with her because she's in New York. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I lo- Oh, it's, it's soon. It's like next month. Yeah. Mm, maybe I'll come to New York. I want to go. Do
1: it.
0: It's not that far. It's like, meh, I don't know how far, five, <laughs> six hours. It's not super oh, far from me. I may it's have lied. Hard. It may be like seven, but <laughs> I feel like it's five. <laughs> that may not be true. I don't know. Oh! Oh my God! I love this. Thank you. Okay, y'all, go to her freaking website. Seriously, it's amazing. Oh, uh, amazing. and you're blogging. Oh, oh my
1: God! I'm yes, read the blog. That is, I love yeah, writing.
0: Legit. These are legit. legit. Okay, you're phenomenal. So tell us again where to find you, and then. Tell us one thing you want people to remember if they hear nothing else from this episode. Oh, wow. You should have warned me of this question. Nope. Surprise. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like,
1: what? Um, All anyway, right, I have something. You can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Alexa Kmart. You can go to my website, alexakmartin.com. And the one thing that I want people to remember is if you find yourself in- endless complaining, in victim culture, just know that you are worthy of more and you are capable of making change. You just gotta start somewhere.
0: Yes. Okay, y'all go do, go do things. Like go, go do things. If you need support, get out Alexa. Yeah, DM me,
1: seriously. I'm like, I'm super friendly, super open, message me. I will answer you. We can be friends. We can be friends. <laughs>
0: we can be. they so we can funny. Be Instagram friends. We can be friends. All right. Go, go do things, podcast fam. Love you. Be good. Be good. Do good. Do good. Do mm. fun. Whatever. Thank you for having me. Dude, thank you. This was, oh, this was so good. We're going to party again. But now I have to stop the All recording. Right. So hi, fam. <laughs>